Welcome to the Tony Talks Wealth Podcast. This show is dedicated to helping you manage your money better, invest wisely, retire early, and grow your wealth for you and your family and live your best life. My name is Tony Thomas, Charter Financial Planner, Pension Specialist, and Money Coach. I've advised thousands of people over the last 30 years. I'm going to share with you real life stories and everything that you need to know to build a financially secure future and a great lifestyle. If you enjoy the podcast, then feel free to subscribe and leave a review. Now let's dive into today's episode on the Tony Talks Wealth Podcast. I'm really pleased to be joined by Christina Wise on today's show. So a massive welcome to you, Christina. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay. Yes. Thank you very much for taking the time to join me. Uh, Christina is a real estate mogul, an international author and speaker, a millionaire coach, and the creator of several multi-million pound businesses, <laughs> including, I believe, is it um, Good Life Luxury? the paper agent, and more recently, the wealthy, wealthy uh, business you've got, or coaching business. I also know you've had some tough times as well, Christina. And I th- is it in 2013 that you almost lost your life? Yes, yes, it was. It's, uh, it's getting far, you know, more distant, and it's, it still seems almost yesterday many times. That obviously was a, a hugely traumatic period for you, but... I think that's based on what I, I know of uh, your story, that that shaped your life very much so. And it, uh, I know you spend a huge amount of money uh, getting your life mm-hmm. and your health back on track as well. And now that you are really helping to change the world by inspiring others to have or live extraordinary lives, uh, and you do that through obviously uh, helping them to grow their wealth and their health, so I'm fascinated. I'm sure my audience is fascinated to know all about your story, uh, how it all began, really, obviously what inspired you, which is you know, what we've already covered to some extent already, but really how you were helping others to live these uh, or live their best life and on their terms. So over to you. Well, well thank you. You know, I, I, I share my story really is hopefully as an, is, is an inspiration and to, to show what's possible. And I really look at, if I were to look at my life, like all of our lives, but my life as a book and a story, I really have, or even like a, a series, you know how we all are addicted to these, these Netflix series, you know, that has season one, season two, season three, and like season one has a completion. You can't wait for season two. Anyway, so if I broke it up into three seasons, of, of um, kind of three different chapters or seasons. The first place where my money story started was how I grew up. I mean, I grew up, you know, it's kind of that proverbial rags to riches story, but I really am a rags to riches story. Like it's truth. And, and <laughs> I've been in rags more than one time, but I started in a trailer home and that used to be very shameful. I didn't, never told anybody for the longest time. I didn't want anybody to know because in my beginnings, I was so ashamed that that's where I started. And I mean, it wasn't even a double wide. It was like a little travel trailer on the back of somebody else's lot. And there was a lot of just growing up in that type of environment. You know, there was alcoholism and, and dysfunction and abandonment and, you know, fights about money all the time. 
and being made fun of at school because I wore high waters or, you know, whatever high water pants, that's where, you know, they, they're a little too short. And, and so just grew up with a lot of shame and embarrassment and, and, you know, lack of safety when it came to money. So that's where I started. And, you know, I, at a young age, I just realized that I didn't want to be that way or be stuck there. And so I raised money to put myself through college. I, I started making money. I was, I was on my own since I was like 12 years old and figured out how to make money, how to pay my bills, how to, how to do things. And, and so coming out of that, I put myself through university. I got accounting and finance degree. I got a business degree because I really wanted to, to change my circumstances. You're very and self-made, aren't you, Christina? Yeah, yeah. So that's where that started. So coming out of college, I, I got into this thing called real estate here in the States. And I did very well because I was a hard worker. I was very ambitious. I was motivated. I was driven. <laughs> I wanted to make a lot of money. And the great thing about real estate here, at least, is that there's no real ceiling to one's income. Like you can just keep doing more business and it, and it can be a very lucrative career. So I did very well and I made a lot of money, but what does a kid that grew up poor do when they kind of win this income lottery is I bought everything I couldn't afford as a kid. So I just, I mean, I just overspent and I didn't pay attention to the money. I just thought you make a lot of money. That's all that solves all the world's problems. So that the end of that chapter, that series wound up where I was divorced as a single mom of like a four and five year old. And I was, I didn't have any money. The divorce was brutal because we fought over all this stuff and the assets and crazy. And basically I was left with uh, moving out of the great big house in the suburbs to how I could only afford like a little rental in this teeny tiny duplex. It was again, kind of shameful and embarrassing that I had moved it, moved to this crappy little place and I couldn't feed my children. I couldn't pay the utility bills. I, how, I mean, I, how old were you at this age or this stage? I, I was, I was in early thirties at that age, okay. like maybe 31 or something. And I'd had probably five years of really good income making. So here I am destitute and I'm now kind of repeating my childhood. My kids have broken home. They, we can't pay the bills. I yeah. have no money. I have like hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt that, <laughs> that I had to figure out how to pay. So I just found myself in complete financial despair I was scared to death and I didn't know what to do. I was in a hundred percent commission job. The commissions went away because I was fighting this divorce. I didn't know how I was going to do it alone and be a mother. And I just broke down, but it was at the breaking point. Yeah. I was at that breaking point where I just realized I, I had this question to myself, like how the hell did I make all that money? I was number one in sales in my company year after year after year. What were you how- actually doing in that company? What was your I was selling, I was selling houses. You so I, was, house I was selling real estate. Right. But my question was, is how did I make all that money? And here, the only reason why we got, we had food in the fridge and our, our electric bill was paid because peers at work actually pitched in. And nice. here I was ashamed that I had to take charity at this stage of my life, especially as after I was number one everywhere. Right. Like my ego was completely yeah. damaged as well. So that was it. That was that head scratcher. It's like, how did I make all this money? And I'm dead broke. And it just occurred to me, there had to be more to this money game than just earning a high income. Like earning a high income doesn't solve your problems. In fact, in my case, it created more problems. And here I was like, you know, several hundred thousand dollars in debt and tax liens and all this craziness. 
So that sent me on this journey that was like pivotal moment. It's like, well, nobody's going to dig me out of this but me. So I can keep feeling sorry for myself or I can try to do something about it. So I just went to learn money and I spent a full decade like being in, an avid student and knowing and learning, you know, here's just some nuggets or takeaway, but learning the income and wealth are totally different. And wealthy people play a different money game than people that just earn high incomes. I was going to say to you, who are you now? Who did you learn from? Where did you get these golden nuggets from? Well, I, I, there was a man named Gary Keller that I did a lot of study under who has built one of, you know, one of the largest real estate companies yeah. in the world at this point. And he was a personal mentor. And there's another man named Toby Hecht that I studied under for a long time. And I read every book. I went to every workshop. I did every mastermind. I mean, I was a rigorous student. I made every mistake. You know, I learned, you know, trial by error for the most part. But the point is, is that what I learned through that year, the 10 year period of rigorous study is that there's a lot more to money that meets the eye. And if you're going to get good and play the wealth game, you need to know things that that aren't obvious and that aren't common sense and that aren't taught taught in school. That was exactly what you say to you. That this is the, the common thing that I, I think is global. It's not just obviously in the, uh, in the US or in, in the UK or Europe. These things are not taught in school. And uh, like you, I'm passionate about sharing these ideas and these, uh, should we say, ideas and awareness so people can learn themselves and they can do this themselves. Yeah, and that's it. Like, you've done it, I've done it. Like, yeah. anything's possible once we know and learn these things. But that what happened in that next 10-year period when I was studying is I was trading my health for wealth. Like, I was just... Yeah going full velocity all the time. I was running marathons and I had many multi-million dollar businesses and I was raising my children and trying to be the perfect mom and not miss anything and traveling across the world and speaking and, you know, like being perfect, trying to be perfect to everything. And every run of the ladder of achievement and success I got to, yeah. I'd be like, well, people are doing better than me here. I better go to the next one, the next one, the next one. And everywhere I got, I never even stopped to pause to think, wow, girlfriend, that, that was actually really good. I just, it was, it was never good enough. I was but never good enough. I can say to you, I think the drawback when you are achievers is that is you never reach it all. Obviously, until you've discovered, obviously, your, uh, your way of doing things now. But I think when you are achievers, you're always, you're never happy with that next level. It's always going to be the next one and the next one and the next one. I think it's difficult to achieve um, true happiness when you are achieving. It's actually, to some extent, it's a, it's a barrier to true wealth and to, uh, to happiness. I totally agree. That's it. It's like the, the, you know, everything, especially in the entrepreneur world is performance, super performance, yes. uber yes. performance, high achievement. And that's, kind of, that's the message we get. It's the constant it message that no matter where you are, that's not good enough. And yeah, we don't, conquer that in my case it just took me down i just got really sick and and i was just the stress got to me and my lifestyle got to me and and my lifestyle broke me for doing too much for too long you know <laughs> and you know so we get we get accolades you know for the achievement and that's kind of those those trophies so to speak then keep you wanting to go for the next trophy and the next trophy and the next trophy and it can be a very dangerous cycle where all of a sudden you're just not even present in your life anymore you so when can't I got keep sick on and, spinning all these plates without yeah. uh, affecting health, and obviously for you, when I guess for a lot of people, and I've experienced this myself, is burnout. You reach a burnout point, which could also lead to even worse uh, health issues. 
either complete burnout yeah. and or complete health collapse. You yeah. know, people yeah. find themselves in middle age and all of a sudden they've, yeah. they were fine when they were young because you didn't feel these things, but that lifestyle does catch up with you. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, some people have heart attacks, some people, you know, whatever it is like yeah. that, our bodies are not equipped for that amount of stress yeah. for that amount of long. So, but what then happened when I got sick is, is I've learned all these life lessons, but the kind of the worst things on my deathbed was, I had this awareness of, oh my gosh, I, when I was sick, I did not care about all my trophies. I didn't care about all my possessions. I didn't care about all that success. All I wanted was my life back. But not even that, that where I was sitting was all this remorse. I was so sad and I had so much deep, dark remorse that here I was dying. I hadn't even lived yet. Like I missed, I missed life because I was always on that achievement track. I was never present. I was never like fully present and happy and, and squeezing the juice out of life because I was trying to achieve that next thing, like achieve happiness like it's out there somewhere. And I just realized like, oh my gosh, like how did I miss it? Like it's not even, you know, it's not even fair that I'm, you know, I'm kind of at this point and I'm just now getting the lessons. So clearly I'm still here, thank goodness. But it was quite the hero's journey. It was a very dark, scary period as I was fighting for my life and going through this entire experience. I think one of the other things that we all um, maybe regret, or I certainly did, is when you've got uh, little children, is that Mm -hmm. you don't always, you're trying to provide for them and you're not spending maybe as much time as you want. Well, certainly they need your attention and time. There's nothing more precious to a child than your time. Uh, obviously your presence with them and I think you've all done it or most of us have done it where you've given up time with your children to try and, and strive and achieve to give them a better life. I was there you know absolutely and that was part of my regret and remorse is that I didn't spend more time with yeah. my children so that was in that and as a mother I mean I just felt so much guilt and now I'm laden with guilt like oh my god I was just been <laughs> I mean my kids don't think it this way but I just felt like a oh my gosh, like my kids were second below my career, you know, and I'm sure they felt that at times. And so I had to come to terms with that as well. And when I was sick, I was so sick that I couldn't even take care of my children, you know, they, and they were scared. So here I was even adding another layer of burden onto them and feeling guilty about that, you know? So there's just so much darkness and ugly that was in this period. And I'm so grateful I went through it. But what happened is I didn't care about my money at all, except for the fact that because I'd been very good at, at the money game and having yeah. a, building assets and cash, I had the money, you know, by the end of the day, it was probably close to a million dollars, but certainly half a million in the two years to really save my life, yeah. kind of cash and selling some assets to, to be able to save my life. So it's this, what I was reconciled in kind of this end of this season two was this awareness of life is not about the chase. If we're chasing money, we're in the achievement game. Yeah. It's like, it's like they could, I put it, can I compare it to, you know, going to the dog track and the dogs catch, chase the rabbit. They never catch the, catch rabbit, the rabbit, but they're yeah, always exactly. in the chase. Good. It's a so good, that's, great analogy. 
Yeah, that was my lifestyle. Like you never catch the rabbit and it's yeah. rigged that way to never catch the rabbit. So we just keep trying to run faster, trying to get the next tip or technique or something. And that's the chase. And you're just going in circles thinking that one day you're going to catch the rabbit. You'll never catch the rabbit because there is no rabbit. You know, it's like, it's a facade. It's an illusion. Yeah. So there was that, but what I recognized is this kind of this paradox when it comes to money is in one case, money is more important than anything. Like in my case, I wouldn't be here today if I didn't have that money to yeah. be able to, to pay for everything it took yeah. to, to get my life yeah. back. So here I was, money was really important, but I didn't care about the money. Like the money, it wasn't about the money. The money was just there for my health. The money was there to live my, to stay alive. The money was there to help me to be able to provide for my children and have this time and space to take off two years to be able to fight for this. So it's just this awareness of like this, oh my gosh, the money's to live life and to take care of things. It's not out there. I mean, it just became so obvious and then I had used all my wealth to get my health back. So I'd spent 10 years doing this. And now just in two years, it was gone <laughs> to, you know, I became a millionaire. I, ha I had a millionaire, million dollars in the bank. I yeah. had all of it. Like I was a true bona fide millionaire. And then I just, then I was not a millionaire anymore. I practically had to start from scratch because all that money was just used to pay the price for my, you know, using my body and not taking yeah. care of my number one asset, which is my body. So that's where my brand wealthy, 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 like money, wealth and wealthy came from out of this aware, my new brand and that new business. Yeah, I love it. Of, I actually love the, the, the brands. It's, uh, it's brilliant. Yeah. And it's because our, in financial terms, you know, you're a financial guy and I'm a financial girl and, and, but if we just think in terms of finance, which is kind of the way my brain was wired was if we think in terms of assets and I'm all about the asset, you know, I'm, I'm teach people net worth on the balance sheet. So we want to buy assets, not expenses. Yeah. So, but my number one asset here, I was depleting and deteriorating this asset, which is my body and me and my well-being and who the I am. The most important asset of all, because even if I had all the money laying yeah. in bed and not no being able to enjoy life, nothing, is it? Yeah, exactly. our health is our biggest wealth. And so, and it's not just, it's physical health, but it's mental health. I lost my mental health during that time. So mental health, physical health, emotional health, and relational health, like the health of our relationships. Yeah. I'd had a lot of toxic relationships around me at the same time. And, you know, just, so that was it. It's like, oh, the money's there. It's just a tool to underwrite the cost of living a, a well life, like being well in all these different categories. So the goal needs to be wellness. And then we can figure out how much money is enough to, to pay for the cost of living a well life, like financial wellness for the sake of being wealthy in all these different life categories. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I totally agree with you there. So I think sometimes, as you say, you, we all have to uh, go through these traumatic uh, times to one, appreciate life, what it means. I think the pandemic is another example where the simple things in life, people have realized they are by far the most important things in life. And not all the, uh, should we say, the, um, the luxuries or the um, uh, exotic th uh, holidays or things. It's the very basics of life is uh, enjoy yourself, your family, your friends, if you can. Those are the things that really make you happy and the things you enjoy doing. Yeah, and the happiness is here. It's not yeah. out there. 
It's not at the next vacation. It's nope. not in the next purchase. It's not, there's nothing wrong with enjoying great vacations and some novelty and having it's some nice things. It's part of spending time with people you love, isn't it? Exactly. And like doing I said, the things you enjoy doing. Right. You, if, you, right. if you're with somebody that you don't uh, like, you say, the holidays can be just as miserable. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> well, and you know, I, I you know, wonder just, I mean, it, it becomes obvious when we say them out loud, but when we're not thinking about them, we're just in that rat race and that chase because it's kind of, that's kind of the, the culture we're baked into. Yeah. But, I, you know, I wonder, like, do you think Steve Jobs would have given up his last billionth dollar to have five more years of life, you know? Well, um, I would have been surprised uh, if he uh, didn't um, say, I love the five years, please. Uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? So when, it's like, why are we all in this game when, and you know, when, yeah, but you're not, until you're faced with that, you don't, it's not. It's, it's often like we, too late, isn't it? It's yes, like, yes. You know, like you've gone through, you've had a life changing experience because your life was seriously in doubt at this stage. And you've had, um, if you like, this shining light, if you like, where life isn't meant to be like this. Life is meant to be so much better and different. And now I've got the opportunity or second opportunity to actually live the life I actually want and makes a difference. It does. And kind of part of my work today is like, I'm hoping there's this quote that says change never happens until there's a crisis. So we don't improve our health until we have a heart attack, you know, or, you know, we don't change our money habits until we have a bankruptcy or, you know, whatever. We don't really think about our behavior yeah. in our marriage until someone files for divorce, you know, whatever the crisis are. And, and I'm just inspired with my work now is like, if you can learn through my crisis and lessons and I can save you the heartbreak and the millions of dollars, then, then I think I've got a few things figured out that you can avoid some of the traps I've fallen in. You know, I've had, I've had to dig myself out of a lot of quicksand over the years. And if I can help you avoid the quicksand, you know, you're going to learn your own lessons, but it doesn't have to be as painful. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing better than learning by mistakes or better still learning by somebody else's mistakes. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's, that's by far the best uh, lesson that's you can the have, so. If I had to do over, that's why I'd do it. Let me learn by other people's mistakes. <laughs> why do I have to learn by my own time after time again? And I don't make small mistakes. I'm kind of an all-in person. So when I have a mistake, like it's, you know, it's, there's a, a lot of recovery. So tell me about your third episode then. In terms the third of episode. how we, I mean, you've obviously, I'm really intrigued about the wealthy, wealthy in particular, because again, that's where I see we've got a lot of synergies uh, in that part. Uh, obviously, you uh, uh, that side of your business, if you like, or, or one of your many businesses. Um, but I think certainly from from the, the wealthy, wealthy side of it, I'm intrigued to know what you actually do and how you are helping others uh, to build their their best lives. So can you share us share with us more? Sure. On that, yeah, I just I, you know, really what we've discussed in this third chapter, it's it's really become a complete flip around. That versus being out there so often, it's being in here, and my lifestyle is re really different. You know, versus before, I never would have meditated. That would have that would you know that was a waste of time. I never would have taken walks. I never would have put me first. It was, yeah. and so what I've realized is that just being present, you know, the biggest present to give ourselves and others is to be present. Yeah. 
and to slow down. So versus being speeding up, everything we hear is scale, go bigger, do more, be more, have more. And I'm just like, no, the more this, we come, we make our lives complex. We make them really expensive. We add all these layers of stress. And if we can start unlayering and simplify and add more elbow room of space and just slow down, this is where life is, is in the present moment, in the slowdown, in the laughter, in the love, and make love and laughter and health and wellness the priority, and then have fun playing the money game. Get good at it. You still need money, and it's, it's, you know, it's nice to have nice things even, but not about those. It's, a back, it's about the here and now, and you just mix in the other stuff to, you know, to add some richness to it. But to, we have to get out of this idea that happiness is out there, or we can buy our way to feel better about life in general. And it just, it just, we're, but everybody's kind of stuck in that pattern. And the only way to get out of it is to be, bring awareness and consciousness to our life, to do lifestyle architecture, to look at what, you know, I teach people to really look at what is a good life, like really create it. Like if you had your ideal life, it doesn't have to, you know, be these magnificent vision boards and, you know, you can do that, but what would just be a really good life? Who's in it? Where are you living? You know, what, what is a day-to-day basis look like? If you took a vacation or two a year, what would that be? If you had time to do yoga or this, would that be mixed in? So really just design your life that if nobody else could see it, if, and it, ha- it can't be about external, yeah. like, oh, yeah. you know, I want this house to live in this. Na-. No, if you have to pretend like nobody else exists except your core group of loved ones around you, how would you design it if, no, if nobody else could see it? And then we quantify it. So we need to know now how much does it cost to live that life? And now we reverse engineer money, how much money we need. And we work today for two selves. And I know you know all this, and I'm sure your audience is fine. What what I'm smiling for is that uh, I do exactly the same. And so, and it's about uh, getting people to understand what they, they are, ideal life will be and again it's not about um all the trappings or luxury and like what truly makes you happy what are the things that you see yourself doing uh in the future that you would love to do and then as you say reverse engineers how much is that lifestyle in today's terms going to cost you and therefore as a result of that what sort of level of capital if you like or money are you going to need to actually fund that so we we are definitely on the same wavelength as far as that's concerned yeah, exactly. We're saying the exact same yeah. thing. And, and it's to remember, too, that during our working years, like when we're really working to make money, we're working for two selves. We're working for our current self. So, you know, to make the money we make that we get to spend on our month to month cost or year to year cost of our lifestyle. But we're also working for our future self. And so we want to project out to that to ourself that's 10 or 20 plus years older and be asking ourselves, based on whatever my age is today, when people work with me in the programs, whatever your age is, write down your age. Now project out 20 years. Do you want to be working exactly this hard, doing exactly this thing, these hours, this stress, this everything, 20 years from now? 20 years from now, if your life looked, your working life looked exactly, your whole life, and especially working life looked exactly the same, are you okay with that? And most, most people are like, well, hell no, I don't want to work this hard. Well, if you don't, the only way 
for us not to work hard that hard is we have to have another source of income. Correct. And another source of income means not our working income. It has to be non-working income. Yeah. So our future self that doesn't want to work this hard, we need to take care of him or her as well. And so that means that we have to take a piece of whatever percentage, we can do this through compounding calculators and easy yeah. calculations to know there's something, you know, what most people do is they look at their income, determine their expenses, but most of the money, most of money wisdom and money truths are the exact opposite of what we think it is. So where most people's expenses are determined by their income they make, and there's Parkinson's law that says expenses will always rise yeah. to meet income that keeps people in the trap. It's actually expenses that determine income. So if I know my, if I, if my, let's just say my current lifestyle cost me $10,000 a month to make the math easy. Now on top of it, that's just the cost to be able to live my life. So that's, that's, that's my expenses, 10,000. I'm starting there. I'm not even talking about income yet. It's like my lifestyle costs 10,000. Now on top of that, I need to add taxes. So whatever, you know, taxes, I think I'm going to pay because that has to be. And on top of that, I need to put my future self money that I'm taking to pay for that future self. So that says 10,000 plus 2,000 plus 3,000 is $15,000 a month. So that means I need to be bringing home $15,000 a month income if this is the lifestyle I want to make. And that amount that we put into our future self, we need to look at our 20-year self and say, okay, working backwards from that, if I want to keep my $10,000 a month lifestyle, how much net worth or capital do I have to have those assets that will throw off that same $10,000 in the future so that at 20 years from now, I don't have to work this hard. So I just call it, it's just like setting up your own future trust fund so you can live off the, the interest from the assets and not have to work this hard. But most people don't do that. They're spending every dollar in today's lifestyle and adding up all these payments. And with every payment is more stress. And with every, with every loan or if it's credit card or what, mortgage or cars or whatever, that's that month-to-month stress that we have to go hustle again to be able yeah. to pay all those bills. Yeah, my analogy is um, you set up your own business or a company in the future where you don't have to turn up for your job. You just you can stay and do the things you enjoy doing, and you still get exactly, <laughs> exactly, yes. Well, brilliant. So, in, how do you actually teach these in terms of what format are you? Are these done through online courses? Are they done through face to face? Well. Face-to-face, obviously, is something we can't do anymore, certainly not in the present. But how are you actually teaching people these, uh, these ideas, these methods? Yeah, well, I, I, my, my business, it sits, my education company that sits under my Wealthy Wealthy brand is called Sovereignty Academy. And I teach the mindset and the skill set for creating financial sovereignty, being whole, complete, and knowing your numbers and just feeling yeah. very secure with your money and sovereignty academy is everything we sh- we should have l- learned in college or university or even high school for that matter about yeah. money but they didn't offer that class no. and it's offered it's a 12 week it's the money school and it's a 12 week program where where people go through mostly online with me it's designed like a school like a semester yeah. you're going to semester at night school yeah. you're watching me lecture on videos you're doing your homework and then we have weekly office hours and it's complete transformation to teach us the money fundamentals, the right mindsets, the spiritual context of money, and the practical ability, financial system, all these different pieces that's necessary for my own life and point of view for the money mechanics and the money mindset and the money systems required to actually make wealth 
automatic and systematic, the, the creation and growth of wealth. And I, you know, and I've done it and I've done it more than once in my life. So the system works. It's, it's, it gets us on the track to, to hit those future numbers and become, you know, that millionaire or any, you know, multiple of that. So I call it, you know, when I call myself a millionaire coach, I'm not BSing anybody. Like I'm teaching yeah, you yeah. the mindset and yeah. what the, 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 the behaviors and practices, as well as the systems that will create that, that will enable that to happen. That otherwise we're just going to stay stuck and keep beating ourselves, you know, hitting that same wall uh, month after month, year after year, when it comes to our finances. You're going to get the same results. Exactly. Exactly. So have you got any success stories, obviously without naming names, any success stories from some of you students? Oh my gosh. I, funny enough, just yesterday, I, I mean, I put, actually I put the little coffee cup in the dishwasher. It was just sitting right here. So one of my students, her name was Andrea and she called me or emailed me last week. She said, I have a little gift for you. Can I drop by? She's in my same, just yeah. the next town over. And I said, sure, come on by, be, you know, around noon central time. This was yesterday. And so she brought me this sweet little gift and on the coffee cup, it said, um, empowered women help more women become empowered or something like it's just that was the thing on the coffee cup so it's just this gift and I just share the story because it's top of mind because yeah. she was here yesterday and she just came and just gave me this hug and this I mean it's just this sweet little coffee cup and she said Christina I just need you to know that you changed my life you've changed my marriage I was so afraid of money and scared of numbers and thought I couldn't do it even yeah. though I have a business and now I was laughing and thinking of you yesterday because I was in my books and doing all my reconciliation and my sweeping. And as she said, I just thought to myself, who am I? Like a year ago, I would have never done this. And it created so much you know, angst between my marriage because my husband wouldn't talk about money and I just wouldn't talk about it. So stories like that, that's Andrea from yesterday that brought me a coffee cup. And I mean, I just have hundreds of those, just one after another. And it's just because when anything that we neglect, anything that we abdicate, anything that we, we are afraid of, we're never going to be able to master it. There's another quote that I, like, that I like that says, although we can love what we do not master, we cannot master what we do not love. And so if we want to master money, we really need to fall in love with it, create a healthy relationship with it, be attentive to it, appreciate it, grow with it, honor it. Be grateful for what we have. We have this, you know, just kind of human nature itself is to, is to kind of look at what we don't have or be dissatisfied. But another quote is what we appreciate appreciates. And so if we want to, if we want what we have to appreciate, it's, it's a spiritual law that we need to appreciate it. We need to be grateful. We need to spend time. Yeah. So the relationship with our money is a very important piece. And that's a big part of the work that I work with people. It's helping them quit putting money out there or even abdicate it to the planners and advisors. Cause Hey, I don't want to touch it. Just take my money and make me more yeah. money. It's like, no, yeah. we create the money. And, and I'll complete by saying that it's like when I was sick, at the beginning of that journey, I'd never even been to a doctor before. I mean, I thought I was the picture perfect health, yeah, which was funny. Yeah, and then yeah. next day I'm game over. But at the beginning of that journey, I was going to doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor with fix me, fix me, yeah. fix me, fix me. I was just trying to find the right doctor that would give me the right something, something yeah. that I can be back to my old normal self. So when that didn't work, you know, over a period of time, it finally and started, I started getting these, you know, spiritual lessons and, and type of thing. But what I finally realized is that no doctor can fix me. I broke me. I need to fix me. Healing's an inside out job. It's not some doctors, not, it's not their job to come save me, especially after I did this to myself. 
And it was just kind of this realization like, oh, I have to heal my soul. I have to heal my heart. I have to heal all that dysfunction from my upbringing that, you know, is kind of manifested and stuck in my body. I have to clean me. Health is an inside out job. I can maybe gain some assistance from doctors here and there and, and gain their opinion, but I have to do the work. I can't buy the result. So same with our money, like money's an inside job that we are the creators and magic manifestors. We need to move our money and work it. And money has to flow. Money has to move. And then we work with our planners like you. I'm an educator. I'm not an advisor. I'm not a planner. I just educate so that when those come to you, they're all right, always like, Tony, like I want to do this and that, or I have this idea or that idea, or here's all my money and how it's working. How can you help me optimize this? Or what other ideas do you have to help me really blow this out? The, the best clients that I work with are the ones where uh, they have a much better understanding of how money works. And it's a question of really then for me as an advisor, how to maximize that with them, not for them, mm-hmm. with them. And yes, big with difference them. between that. So uh, again, the way I work is probably different to a lot of other advisors where a lot of the work I do is about education around I make sure that people are, are understand of exactly what we're doing, why we're doing it, and it's in line uh, with their obviously their uh, wishes, their lifestyle, what they're trying to, to achieve. So they know at the end of the day that what we're doing is to fulfill that lifestyle, that future self that they are looking so much to have. And, you know, this is what they're doing all about. It's not just about now. Now is, is, is really important, but we can make sure that they can have a good life now, but their future life is just as good, if not better, if they put uh, things uh, in place uh, in line with obviously what they, uh, they they want to achieve. I tell you another thing, which is a side, side effect from what you've mentioned is that your students have got family. They've got partners. They've got children. What you're teaching them is that that's going to be passed down to the partners, to, to the children. So what better lessons can you uh, provide other than money management uh, lifestyle, mindset, all those things. So it's not just your uh, direct students, it's all the people around them can benefit from those teachings. That's, you know, with that said, you're exactly right. And and I really encourage couples to do my programs together. Yeah. It changes marriages. Like for example, yeah. Andrea, she and her husband, Kevin, went through it, the one I referenced from yesterday. And that's what she said yesterday too. She said, I mean, it changed my marriage. We're so on the same page with money. We don't have any more money conflict. We're, we're following the system. We know this thing, but most, most of my students that go through, I'd say 75% of them are married and they go through it alone. Like they, they want to do this for themselves, but they can't get their partner, you know, not get their partner, but their partner won't join them for whatever reason. And I just so encourage couples together because when you're a couple on the same page with money and you can have these conversations and you're inventing and co-creating and, and each person has their roles and it can be a safe conversation, yeah. you can just build and grow so much faster yeah. and just enjoy life, the, the, the financial returns of life so much more when you're on the same page. So like with you said, I highly encourage couples yeah. to do this type of work together. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think... And if you can do it as a team, as a couple, then uh, you can achieve even more. Absolutely. Um, so I think it's a fantastic idea. 
Okay. So if people wanted to know more about, uh, obviously, yourself and the courses that you run, how would they find you? I have a couple of different places. Sovereigntyacademy.com. You might have to go uh, do a spell check to how to, how to teach. In the, uh, in the podcast, yes, for you. <laughs> yeah, it's Sovereignty Academy. But I'm at Christina Wise, like on Instagram and other social channels. And my, my podcast is Wealthy Wealthy. So like you, I, I interview others to yeah. get their point of view. And, and I just want to sh- say, you know, for everybody listening, that, you know, I hope they're working with you, Tony, like I've been doing this, I've done well financially, I'm financially set, I'm financially free, my income from my assets more than pays the cost of my lifestyle. So it's a choice at this point to work and do, you know, the things that I do. And I love my business, I love working, I love still growing and making money. But it's different when you don't have to, right? It's, It's a different it's a, I don't know, it just feels different. I've been in both places. And this is ultimately, hopefully, where most of us get but in this, you know, I do know the traditional financial planning advice industry, and they don't care about you and your money. I mean, so working with you, Tony, is to work with those that actually care about life, care about lifestyle, want their clients to be educated. And, you know, I've done this type of work. So I hope your listeners are working with you. Yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, you've got a passion that saves me uh, about helping others. I also think uh, we got a synergy in terms of our starting life because my life wasn't uh, much different to yours. Mm-hmm. Um, for us or for me in the UK, it's uh, it's what we would call a council house kid, if you like. So I started off uh, similar to you with, in a broken home. Um, and uh, But it gives you, should we say, the drive to make it a ha- uh, or make yourself have a better life. You want to do better for yourself and, and for obviously those around you. So I think there are some very successful people out there who've had a poor start in life, but it's provided them with um, the impetus to do much better. I think mm-hmm. certainly listening to your story uh, isn't a million miles from mine uh, at all. So uh, I remember, I don't know if you have the same system in the, in the US, but as a child, uh, we had in school, we had what we call for the, the poor kids or the council house kids, you had free meals. Um, but uh, that's fine, but you had to queue up uh, with a ticket uh, in, uh, in the school uh, meals line and you were served last behind everybody else. That was never a very pleasant experience. So it's all these things sort of matter when you are little and they have a huge impact in, in terms of your life and uh, you know, similar to you uh, it's certainly given me um should we say the drive to do much better with my life yeah it's i told the story i have the same story tony that that i was very thin as you know as kind of a middle school aged child yeah. and even high school and people just thought it was genetic and it's because I wouldn't eat lunch because they had the school lunch program and I was too ashamed and embarrassed. Yeah. So I just didn't eat. I didn't eat. I just didn't eat. Yeah. So yeah, very similar then, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. I'm, sub- I'm pleasantly surprised that we have got lots of uh, synergies and things in common between us. So that's amazing. Uh, yeah, I'll say, I will say one final thing, if you don't mind, is that I, I mean, I work equally with men and women, but I do have a passion in my heart for, for uh, wanting to create women to want for themselves what I call financial sovereignty, yeah. feminine, female financial power. 
for women to really embrace money, embrace the simple math, to get over the stories that they're not good at money, that they're not good at math. The math and money is very simple, you know, when you're doing this for your own family. And I share that because, you know, again, as an inspiration, I've had, I've had some really rough moments in life, you know, and still standing after those, but I'm a single female that has built, that has become a multimillionaire net worth by doing the work that I teach. And so, and I've had life handed to me more than once. So I just share that for any of the the women listening that, you know, part of what I want to do is be that inspiration, the sense like I am what's possible. If I've done what I've been able to do, everybody can, but we have to want it. Like you and I got out of the, you know, out of the, that life is because we really wanted it and and our heart and our passion and inspiration pulled us. So we have to want it for ourselves, but I'm just saying that everybody can do this. It's available to us. Abundance is available to us when we make the choice and decision. Like I want, I want to take over. I want, I want to take my power back and I want to own this thing. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think, um, we can all do it. Everybody can do this, but you do uh, have to want to do it because you, you, mm-hmm. do, you do need to put some effort in at the very least. So nothing counts yes. to you for nothing these days. So Exactly. Um, in terms of the, the students you have, I mean, are you uh, exclusive to students in the US? Have you got other students across the globe? I have students across across the globe. I mean, mostly they're they're uh, North American, but just because time zones with some of the calls and things, it can be a little bit on the later side. But I've t- I've worked with uh, students all over the world, and I love I love working with everyone from all over the world and bringing all the you know, different backgrounds and stuff together. And the reason why it works is I don't teach specifics. Like I'm not teaching, you know. 401k, which would be a retirement plan in the US, you know, what I'm teaching are the fundamentals, meaning the money principles and laws and structures that are applicable to everyone, because it's just money, it doesn't matter what form it is, you know, the other parts matter, but that this is before, you know, this is what to do before people work with you. So they really understand their money, where it all is, what's working, what's not working, and they get it all working and systematic so that you can help them amplify it. Uh, we're coming to, a, to the end now, but there's one question I like to ask all of my guests. You've answered this in, in a number of different ways, but I'll ask uh, you the, the question I ask everybody else as well is, what does wealth mean to you? Mm, wealth, it means well. It means I am well. My environment's well. So, uh, yeah, just being healthy in all these different categories and having the money to pay for a wealthy life. Wonderful. I couldn't say that better myself. So, Christina, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Um, I'm so grateful. I'm sure my listeners will be there as well. Uh, I would like to wish you well in everything that you do. So thank you very much. My pleasure. Same to you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can find links to everything that we've discussed in the show notes. And if you'd like to know more about what I do or see more great money tips to build a secure and a happy lifestyle, then you can find all of these on my website, ttwealth.co.uk or my YouTube channel, TTWealth. If you want to work with me, then why not book a free 30-minute call to find out how. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I also produce a bi-monthly newsletter 
TT Wealth News, which contains practical money tips that is free for you to download from my website. And if you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. So if you've heard something that you've enjoyed and you think will benefit someone you know, then please do share with them. I'm sure they will appreciate it. So it's goodbye until next time. And remember, live for today, invest for tomorrow.